welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Syosset Libraries Podcast. Uh, this is Jessica. I will be your host today, and I am here um, with an author who wrote a book that um, is beautiful, first of all. This book is physically gorgeous and just gorgeous, gorgeously written. Um, and when I first got it, I was like, oh my God, it's so long, but it didn't feel that way. I just sort of drank in all the language and all the characters and the lore and I loved it. So uh, please introduce yourself and tell us about this book. Uh, firstly, thank you so much for having me here, Jessica. It's such a pleasure to get a chance to have this conversation with you, especially after your fire drill just got over. So I think that was a yeah, good start. Yeah, just, uh, just a little background here. Um, <laughs> I had this interview um, scheduled with Gaurav about like, 26 minutes ago. And as soon as I got into the Zoom meeting, we had a fire drill. So uh, <laughs> please, like, wherever you're listening to this, please just, like, let's give um, let's give Gaurav a um, round of applause for being so patient and understanding. <laughs> no, been there and done that, you know, so in the corporate setup, I completely get it. But again, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, my name is Gaurav Monty, and I'm based in India. I daylight as a lawyer and kind of my bio says I gaslight as an author. So that's something fun which I write on my Bumble bio as well. But Sons of Darkness is basically a dark reimagination of an ancient Indian epic poem called the Mahabharata. So if you imagine the Troy series, the Odyssey and the Iliad, and you combine that, 11 times into it is the size of the Mahabharata, which is the longest epic poem in the world. And it's also something which Indians consider holy. So I wanted to pick up a story from there and, you know, give it this grimdark twist and bring it to the world fantasy stage. Because right now the entire fantasy arena is having a sort of renaissance when it comes to recognizing fantasy from other parts of the world, apart from just the Europe feudal fields. So with RF Kuang's Poppy War doing it for the Chinese mythology, uh, I'm hoping that Sons of Darkness opens the door to South Asian fantasy as well. I mean, at least that's the hope. Uh, but thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed the book. You know, I know it's long. Uh, in fact, when I was trying to publish the book, that was the first difficulty I encountered trying to convince them that word count is a good thing. I, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and like I said, I hope that that didn't sound like anything that would forbid any of the listeners to check the book out because you really should. Um, you know, I think my point really was not so much that this book is long. Um, I'm sorry if you heard me banging on my there just that um my point really is is that yes word count is a good thing especially for something that is so well and gorgeously written and it didn't feel like a long book when you were reading it like there was not a point where I was like oh my god I don't want to spend any more time with these characters I don't want to see what happens next I don't want to find out what's happening here it was just sort of um, a really nice experience of just immersing yourself in this world. And then when it was over, you had that whole moment of, okay, so what's next? What's next? What's going to happen next? So um, it really, it, yes, well, yes, you know, some people might look at a thick spine or um, a very long word count 
done well, and this is, that could be a joy. And it was. So thank you. And thank you so much. I mean, I, I completely agree. I think word count is immaterial. Even a short book can feel really long if it's not what you want to read. And similarly, a long book, you can devour it within like two, three days, right? Uh, but I think that's what the idea of Sons of Darkness was. It's a book which I want people to marinate in. Because where I come from in India, the epic fantasy genre is something which is completely dormant. Uh, people have not taken a chance on something big. Uh, when it comes to epic fantasy, you take your Robert Jordan, you take your George R. R. Martin. You have your average, uh, I don't know if we're still on the topic of word count, but it's like almost 200,000 words, 284,000 words. So I think the idea when you create an epic fantasy world is you slowly sink, trap people in, you know, like it's like a quicksand. And before you realize that it's completely engulfed you, because I realized that a lot of Western readers, when they started reading out Sons of Darkness, the name was something which is very new to them. You know, you have two kingdoms which sound very similar, Mathura and Magad. You know, and it creates, I read in a bit of review that it took some time for them, but enough repetition going through the chapters, it's like it was home for them after a point of time. And I think that is something which I really enjoyed listening to readers as to how places which are in India, which still exist in India, felt uh, have become a familiar to them. I think that was something which I felt was a patriotic victory point for me at least. So one thing I do want to ask you, um, I have something in the notes uh, sort of that um, I, I did want to ask uh, because and you brought it up yourself is um, the the idea of grimdark. So um, I know what grimdark is from my perspective, um, but it's something I've been hearing more of. And I'm not sure if listeners uh, really know um, grimdark. So uh, in your um view, how would you describe something, a world or a, a, a book that is grimdark? I think the shortest description I can give of grimdark is by calling it anti-Tolkien. I think that's like the most succinct summary of this entire genre. It basically is a reflection of a world which is kind of nihilistic and pervasively bleak where it's just filled with anti-heroes. And I think it kind of reflects the reality because no villain ever thinks that there's a villain in their own story, right? The line between good and evil is something which only the victors draw. It's only what history decides. When they're doing it, no one ever thinks that. And I think Grimdark is a reflection of this duality of good and evil in every person. I think that's the description I would like to give uh, the whole genre of Grimdark. And I think that's what also I wanted to do with mythology. Because when it comes to myths, especially Indian myths which are still worshipped, you have a very strict Gandhian demarcation between good and evil. And I wanted to merge that and mess around with it. Uh, so I think that's the seed from which Sons of Darkness came. Yeah, and I think that that's also sort of just solidified. Uh, it's sort of solidified in the prologue um, when um, uh, Muchuk is it? Yeah. Um, is Muchuk, yeah. yeah is sort of uh, you know um, for he says for a hero uh, you know for a hero of light uh, he reckoned he cat uh, he reckoned he cast a rather grim shadow. Hero, the word slithered nastily in his mind, an honor bestowed upon you when you had killed all those who would have called you a mass murderer, which is such a good, uh, you know, really like that particular line, I have to say, was like the claw that just grabbed me in because it is true, you know, when you when you hear about all of all of these stories, 
the when they say um what is it history or whatever you know it's like it's written by the victors like of course like yeah so he's he's very well aware that the term is interchangeable it just depends on who is on what side of the weapon oh absolutely i couldn't agree more i think whenever writers are writing and i mean i have very limited experience but it's a reflection of the world they find themselves in and given the world realities that exist today especially with the rise of fascist forces all over again it was something which was always in my mind that idea that uh, because of the mass appeal of these leaders that we have uh, everyone's calling them the hero but when you i have a feeling that when we reach the future they will look at them as villains right uh, and so that's something which kind of i think stepped and seeped into my writing as well when it especially came to crafting muchukun i think that's something which i which is very important because even the main pov characters of sons of darkness are all characters which were traditionally evil in the original epic so i'm trying to like write from their perspective from the perspective of the so called vanquished rather than the victors So there are a lot of characters in this book and you did a extremely good job of um you know giving them I mean they all had their own voice like their voices were very distinct and that is impressive um how did you do that how like was there something like a certain way that you wrote where you know when you were in one character's head versus another you sort of kept them separate did you write in like different notebooks when you were writing different um notebooks right. i'm being very archaic here did you open another like did you open another tab for a different <laughs> I, i think kind of went something very similar that you open different tabs in your mind but um i read this line about when people, like my younger brother is into acting and one of his dancing classes coach has told him that whenever you are stepping into a character you have to step into the shoes and completely immerse yourself in that character's physiology and maybe i did not do it to that extent in terms of physicality but whenever i was writing a particular character i just um used to picture that as if i am that person with those person's qualities and especially the negative qualities and how would they respond to a situation it was easy because i feel that every person every human being has multiple facets of personality within them like there are split personalities in all of us sometimes we are moody sometimes we are not so when it came to krishna i tried to imagine myself that okay how would i respond to this situation if i am being wicked and slightly dumbledorey uh you know how would i address the situation similarly when it came to karna who was this low born archer who was fighting the caste system i tried to imagine that i wish i was that honorable like a john snow of sorts and how would he respond to a certain situation so um jumping alternating between these character viewpoints actually was quite refreshing for me because it kind of allowed me to live different lives through them and while torturing them in the process because obviously it's grim dark uh so i think that was very refreshing it was just about stepping into the shoes and trying to imagine that okay what would a person like this respond so how long did this book take you to write and uh considering how like the, like this is like your side like would you consider writing like a side career or a hobby i mean how did you how do you do all the things that you do cuz i read somewhere are you a comedian as well yeah i'm a stand up <laughs> comic as well wow uh, thank you thank you i really appreciate it uh so the first book took me a lot of time to write because i was balancing it out with a law firm job and writing was completely a hobby and escape from the black and white world of a law firm i don't know if you have watched suits on netflix but it's our life is exactly like that long hours and 
you know, dealing with white collar crime and stuff. So this was an escape where I could play Thanos and, you know, flick my thumb and just reimagine a universe. Uh, over four years, I realized, oh, hang on a second. I've written the last chapter and the book is all complete and before me. And now I have to find a publisher. But because of the success of Sons of Darkness, which I did not see coming at all, uh, suddenly law has taken a back step. You know, I think one of the interviews which I was doing, someone told me that, okay, one second, law was your mistress, uh, spouse earlier, and now law has become a mistress and writing has become your spouse. You know, so I think it's something like that. So writing is now my main hustle. Uh, law is something which I don't decide. Since all of them, it's, it's, it's always like a tricky thing, but I think that's what keeps life interesting to like uh, not juggle it, uh, not multitask so much, as much as juggle it. Give them separate times in the day. No, definitely. Um, and that's, I mean, like, really, first of all, so there is going to be more. Um, I, I believe I had read that this was going to be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, this is a trilogy. And I'm already like 99% through the second installment, Dance of Shadows. Okay, so which I was writing for the last two years. I'm definitely faster than Jordan or Martin. That's all I can assure you guys. Uh, so Dance of Shadows, again, delves a lot deeper into the Indian psyche. Because obviously with the first book, the difficulty always is to establish the world. You know, once you're done with that, your second and third book becomes a lot easier to just bring out the character work and really dive deep into them because the world becomes a living thing of its own, which plays on the side. So I realized that I have a lot of space to now deal with the characters and explore their the physiology of villain, villain special. So that's something which I'm having a lot of fun with. So yeah, and the map is going to grow wider. Sons of Darkness doesn't end up in a cliffhanger, but there's a lot of room for it to grow into a second book. So that's where I'm just heading with a lot more violence and a lot more twists and a lot more. It has a heist in it. That's something which I had such a blast writing. And I think, again, it's, I really feel that what we watch or what we read influences our writing a lot. And I think when I watched Money Heist, I think the idea got planted in my head that, okay, I need to do something similar in a fantasy setting. So, yeah, that's fine. I also want to talk a little bit about, first of all, the artwork. Um, the Again, like I mentioned, it is a physically gorgeous book, and there's some really cool um, things in it, um, including, you know, some artwork. Um, there's, you know, the map. There's um, some artwork in the beginning. But I also like, um, when, I mean, obviously, if you're reading it on an e-reader, it might be a little different. I read the physical book. But there's um, these intersections where the page colors are a little different too. And nice. that's something I don't think I've ever seen done before. Was that something you had suggested? Uh, so that was always written in italics because there, it was a narrator's voice, something which is going on like in a parallel dimension to kind of cover what was happening in the book. So uh, this is something which I'll credit Bloomsbury and Head of Zeus with. But when it comes to the cover and the map, the map is something which I drew uh, on a software which is called Incarnate. Uh, this was before the book even got signed on. And I had a blast doing it. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to draw maps, Incarnate is a great free website to like play around with this. And I researched a lot on ancient Indian maps, comparing them and building this. So if, if you're actually looking at the map of uh, Sons of Darkness, it is corresponding to the map of ancient India from historical sources. So that's something we just want. Obviously, it looks a little fantasy with the old touch and everything. Uh, but even when it comes to the cover, the cover was something which the publisher did not engage because I got the cover done before I even got a publisher. Because this whole old adage that 
you don't judge a book by its cover no longer holds true right because there are so many wonderful books out there i think a good cover is a window to the content inside in a lot of ways so luckily this was designed by michaela alkaina who just won the uk book designer of the year award and it just the stars aligned and that she was freelancing at that point of time and i reached out to her saying that hi can you do this and can i get some pandemic discount and you know she got into on board and we really brainstormed and she was so supportive in coming up with this gorgeous design that kind of helped put the book on so many shelves yeah i mean do you just like look at it and geek out over it because it's not even my book and i was looking at it and geeking out over how cool it was i know i completely agree especially because the way bookstagrammers and book bloggers have taken pictures of the book it's something which blows my mind because i know it's my book and i can't be that narcissistic but when i see it i'm like wow okay this is something a work of beauty i know it's mine but i'm admiring it as a third person it looks brilliant so um was broken there... binding edition i know you can't see it uh, i mean it's not going to be a video thing but i love the splayed edges of this book and you know just the whole drag you know wolf and everything it's just i think it's just gorgeous work Wait a second is that a special edition of it Right so Sons of Darkness has two special edition there's one by Barnes and Noble in the US which is again gorgeous that's something which I don't have in UK you have the and the rest of the world you have the broken binding edition which has pleated edges it's it's a limited signed copy so Whoa. it has um, mine is not limited. even as pretty as I mean mine is beautiful but i have to, so i have to say because obviously you know when you're in the us you don't have much choice but if, <laughs> if you like this book you should probably and you want to own it <laughs> the one right. that crab is showing me is <laughs> even more beautiful than the one that i have <laughs> which is the finished copy that is in the bookstores in us whoa oh my gosh <laughs> Do, um so i thought that i saw it i I unraveled it. I took out the ribbon. I was like, "Okay, this is an elvish treasure. Something from Rivendell and Lord of the Rings. I mean, this is too gorgeous. It's it occupies a place of honor on my shelf. And again, not just because it's my book, because it looks so damn pretty." So, <laughs> so um, I guess uh, really quickly, um, you know, I mentioned before there are so many characters. Were there characters? that you really wanted to spend more time with or were there characters that you didn't expect to enjoy writing as much and they just kind of kept popping back into your head like and how much of that was informed by sort of like the rhythm and just the the way that um the poem the source material uh went right. so the characters had a lot of fun writing uh, which i was really interested in with the female characters because what happens is see now it is something which we have to accept that the past the ancient world especially the texts from there come come uh, they came from a patriarchal society you know so it's very male heavy male view heavy the women were all damsels in distress so i want to change that narrative to damsels who cause distress you know so uh when you take the character of satyabama or the swords woman or mati that unhinged pirate princess all of these characters are my characters they did not really exist in the original mythology and i wanted to bring that because see it's fantasy and i read somewhere that samantha shannon who has written the priory of orange tree yeah i love her and she oh my so god i love i love her too i've loved her since the bone season um yeah she's yeah, just she's so good bone season but priory of the orange tree would be yeah. <laughs> and in one of her interviews she said that uh like she wanted to do something other than what jordan r martin is doing because since it's fantasy why does it have to be a world where women 
are you know in a place where patriarchy is heavy and that i mean it's great to look at women overcome that but in fantasy why not try something different so i picked up that idea and in sons of darkness again there are these kingdoms where men and women are completely equal you know and i really enjoyed that to reimagine ancient india in this what if scenario where patriarchy did not exist or where they were unhinged pirate princesses so that's something which i really had a lot of fun with in terms of a surprise character who i did not expect that i will have so much fun writing was shishupal because he's more a passive character but he's a retired soldier who just wants to relax and have nothing to do with the drama of civilization but he keeps getting pushed into situations where murphy's law is so heavy on him you know so i and i by the end i realized that okay i think this is the lawyer in me writing because we're so tired like we just don't want any more cases and uh, i think that kind of came into like every middle every person who's having like a work crisis is reflected in shishupal so that was something that a lot of fun there that's really relatable too i have to say you know and when you were talking before about you know you watch a heist movie and it gets in your mind it reminds me almost of like i'm trying to think like those those cop movies from you know like the 80s where like the cops like i'm getting too damn old for this this is my <laughs> i have one more week till i retire i just want to be on a beach with my family and it's always that character that's the best character so i totally um i totally uh love that uh thank you because obviously they look passive as in, as if they're not doing much but and you know it's from their eyes they're looking at the world but then it, they're so relatable because you know it's fun to read about these worlds but if you're in them you might not be enjoying it so much so i think shishupal kind of gives you that idea that okay i know you're very excited by this exotic indian world but trust me you don't want to be because it, it's so it's so messed up so i think that's something which i really like so does the next book have a title uh dance of shadows excellent i am so excited is it coming uh do you expect it to come out this time next year or um do we have a little time uh i really hope it does come out this year because um, the deadline for submission of the manuscript is february 23rd So I think just around Valentine's Day is when I'll be submitting the manuscript and you know getting down a good time. So after that, it's all about the editing process. I don't know how long that takes, but uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. But it's almost done. I'm just proofreading it once more time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being so um, understanding about the impromptu fire drill. <laughs> that just <laughs> yes, it, it was it was basically saying like this book is fire. Grab it up. <laughs> I'm going to take it up with good omen, and and plus, I think uh, mishaps like this make interviews so much more memorable because I don't think you are going to forget the one of either of mine that oh, the one with the fire thing, like yes, an episode sure. of the end. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, this was Jessica with Syosset Libraries. Turn the page podcast. Our guest today was Garmanti. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica, and you know, cheers, everyone. and we are going to close this chapter of turn the page it's time to close this chapter of turn the page join us for the next episode